Big Brothers Big Sisters has been in the Rochester and Finger Lakes area for over 40 years. And we, we match um, uh, caring adults with a youth that are in need of a mentor. And so they're, they're matched up one-to-one -one and then professionally supported by our staff in-house um, through phone calls. Um, they may come in for trainings and they're supported through the lifetime of the match to make sure that it's healthy and that it's safe and you know for any coaching that might need to go on during the lifetime of the match. That is Lisa Mattoon. She's the CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Rochester, which, as she pointed out in a conversation with us on Inside the Finger Lake, serves a big chunk of the region away from Rochester and Monroe County. The mentor organization serves Ontario, Yates, and Wayne Counties too, and Mattoon says a large number of youth come from those communities. Today on the show, a look at what Big Brothers Big Sisters is doing, how it all works, and the ways the community can give back to that important organization. This is the Daily Debrief from FingerLakes1.com. I'm Josh Durso. Lisa came on as CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters less than seven months ago, just before the coronavirus pandemic hit New York State. She says that now more than ever, focusing on quality matches is crucial for their organization. It does. It does. And so we don't, our enrollment process is never first come first serve. It's always um, really broken down and everyone's going through orientation and interviews. We do really during a thorough screening process. And then we meet as a staff, um, a group staff to sit and really talk out the matches and put the, the big and the little together that are going to be the best fit based on everything we've learned about them from orientation, interviews, screenings, reference checks, all of that together. So it's, if we did just first come first serve and first one through the door gets the next little, the relationships aren't gonna last. And we know that the, the scientific model that we follow and as far as you know, all of the research shows that you've gotta really put the, put the time and the effort, which is what our staff does every single day um, and talks out and makes the best matches because they're gonna last. And then you're gonna have you know, more impacts, which is important. But after that process concludes, mentors are left working with young people. Lisa says their expectations are often different than what some people think kids are looking for when they enter. Yeah, so after they're enrolled, our most popular program would be our community-based program, where the mentor would, would have a formal meeting um, to beginning with Big Brother's staff and parents or caregivers and the child. And at that point, they would um, talk about what their outings are going to look like. So generally the the big we call the mentor the big would would go to the little's house at least a couple times a month pick the child up and they would go out and um, do different activities maybe they walk the dog maybe they go to the big's house and bake cookies or they go down to the park and throw a football around it doesn't have to be this big extravagance you know i'm gonna pick the child up we're gonna go to the movies then we better go out to lunch and you know maybe we'll go and buy new school clothes afterwards or something that's that's a lot and it's not what the kids want. They really want someone to just talk to, someone to listen, someone to throw a football with, walk their dog with. As Lisa describes, the programs are built around need and fit, but that doesn't mean anyone is excluded from consideration. Sure, so we enroll children starting at age eight and enroll all the way up to age 16 and they can stay in their match up until the age of 24. So we realize that those those crucial times between the end of high school and then whatever's coming next. 
Um, we used to stop at the age of 18, but really pushing it through. So the, the mentors there for post high school plans, workforce, college, whatever it may be, um, to have that mentor in their life. So the youth have to, they have to want to be in the program. It, it is very rare that a, a child will come in and say, mm, I really don't want to, mom or dad's making me. Because um, once they hear about it, they, they want to do it. They want to come in and have fun, but they have to want to be in it. They have to have the age criteria. And besides that, we don't have income criteria or any type of different demographics. It's, uh, you know, a lot of our youth are living in poverty and are at risk. Mm -hmm and maybe come from a single parent home, probably a little bit more truant than others in school. Mm -hmm. so, so someone that's really looking to have that, that cheerleader, someone in their corner, someone to put the, you know, the hand on their back to say, you, you've got this, you've got this. Reflecting on these very uncertain times and how Lisa herself has had to grow in the role she now holds, mentorship proved to be absolutely invaluable. Having mentors. You know, it seems ironic because we're a, a mentoring organization, but <laughs> yep. it's so, so important. I knew as soon as I stepped into this role that our former CEO who retired is, is an incredible mentor to me and our, our board members and, and some of our staff as well. It's just, it's finding the mentors. It's, it's saying, okay, I need a little help. I need support. Um, and I, I've been very transparent with that. If there's something that I need help with, I'm not going to try and figure it out because in the end that could very much blow up in your face, right? And not play in your favorite. I find it a lot easier to just say, I need help, right? Which is, and that's okay. I feel like I appreciate everything we had a bit more and know that, I mean, if this didn't stop us, if this did not stop us reaching all the youth that we possibly can, nothing's going to, right? We're going to just keep keep going. And personally, as a new CEO, I feel like I've kind of been hit over the head a couple times with a two by four, but I keep getting up and we have an incredible board. We live with, you know, we live with an incredible communities. We've really seen a lot of people step up and say, I want to support. And it just feels good. No matter how hard the day is, our staff is incredible. Our youth are incredible. Our volunteers are even saying, what more can we do? We're big brothers and we're big sisters and we're volunteering, but what else can we do? which it, in the state that we're in, it, all of those things have just made it incredible, an incredible experience. If you want to listen to our full conversation with Lisa Mattoon, CEO of Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Rochester, visit InsideTheFLX.com. You can also find out how to help their organization through the pandemic there. That's all for today. The Daily Debrief is our show about the stories that shape life as we know it. New episodes are published Monday through Friday on FingerLakesOne.com. It's hosted by me, Josh Durso, and Gabriel Petrazio. You can find the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and several other platforms. Just visit FingerLakesOne.com slash daily for links to all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.